I'm enjoying it. I really am. <laughs> One day, you'll come back to youth group and you'll be like, this is not even the same place that I, I went to youth group back in the day. It'll be like perfection. Exactly. I thought it went with pretty well. So if you have your Bible, though, First Peter, I mean, Second Peter. Second Peter? Yeah, Second Peter. Yeah, I was about to say, everybody should have a Bible. My plan worked. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Second Peter chapter number one. Oh, thank you, sir. Should I stand behind a podium the whole time? You guys would like... You guys... Oh, one. Second Peter, one. Yep. Yeah, nice. <laughs> All right, there we go. There we go. If I were to stand... All right, don't lose me. Don't lose me. Second Peter, one. If I were to stand here the whole time, you guys would actually see me go absolutely crazy if I were to stand here the whole time. Like, my whole body would be like... <laughs> but it's funny because when I first started, like, uh, the first time I ever... Other than the one time where it was like two seconds by two second devotional. But other than that, the first time... I mean, the first time I started walking when I was preaching, and I was, I was probably like 18 years old, and I started walking, and it was almost like my feet started moving... And my head was like, what are we doing? Why are we walking away from the podium? But I couldn't stop. And so I was like, and I was just walking around. I'm like, what am I doing? Why are my legs keep moving? And I just kept talking. But I was too scared to even stop. So it just like, it just kept happening. And I was like, what in the world? But now it's kind of controlled. So <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden my, my legs start moving. But Second Peter chapter number one, let's read it responsively. That means I'll read the first verse. You guys read the second verse. We're going to read to verse 11. Let me give you a hint. If you, if you think, if you're on the Honduras team, so to speak, you might want to be thinking about verse 1, 1 through 11. You may see that again sometime. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1 through 11. Second Peter 1, 1 through 11. We'll read responsibly. I'll read the first verse. You guys together read the second all the way till we get to verse 11. Second Peter chapter 1, 1 through 11. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have attained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, to the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, brethren, 
All right. Let's open up a prayer real quick, and then we have not prayed yet. I don't think we prayed. Oh, I didn't read verse 11. My bad. I can't count that high. I ran out of fingers and toes. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly unto the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Period. So, good job. Thank you for holding me there. All right, let's pray real quick. I don't think we have yet prayed yet. Have we? I don't think we have. I'll pray, and then we'll jump into 2 Peter 1, 1 through 11. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, it is to be in your house tonight. Thank you for these teenagers. Thank you for their faithfulness. Lord, I know the weather's uh, not the best outside. The roads aren't the best, but I thank them for being here. And God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we look at virtue tonight. Lord, I, I think it's key in our lives. And Lord, I know it, it helped me. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help these young people with it. Help us to start instilling these principles, Lord, so that we can look like the Christians you'd have us to be. Well, thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. I told you guys last week that the reason we're studying this passage is because I want you guys to see what real Christianity looks like. Because in our day and time, in our culture, we do not see real Christianity in our lives. And it's sad, and we should, but we're going to look at these elements. Remember I told you, we have everything we need to live the Christian life successfully. We do. And I believe that 100%. If I hold a Bible up unto you and I say, I believe this book holds everything you need, I am for real. I believe it. It is not something I feel like, you know what, I just got to say it because that's what you're supposed to say. I really do believe that. But we have to come to the grips that God has given us the tools and now it's time for us to work. So we go to the, our passage, we're going to start adding things. So last week we talked about why we do this, because this is what Christian life looks like. These virtues that we're going to talk about. So... Add to your faith virtue. So what is virtue? Before we even go there, I don't think it's even on your handout, but if it is, I don't care if you try and stare at your handout and figure out, well, what is virtue? If I say add to your faith virtue, and some of you Bible scholars, because you've studied the Word of God for years, exactly, what is virtue? Kirkland. Um, it's like knowing the difference between right and wrong, like wisdom, and applying it. A little step farther than wisdom. I think he's good. I, I think he's good. I like his definition. It's not where we're going tonight, but he's on the right track. And he's the only one brave enough to raise, raise, raise his hand, so that's why he gets the props there. Go ahead and write it down. Virtue equals excellence. What is virtue? Hmm? Oh, uh, yes. Virtue is excellence. Virtue equals excellence. So we ask this, what is excellent? The word virtue can be thought of as how well something accomplishes its purpose. Yes, ma'am, you got a question? My pencil ran out of All right, you got a pen? We can get you another pen, too. Virtue equals excellent. Oh, you guys are on top of it. Virtue equals excellent. So the word virtue can be thought of as how well something accomplishes its purpose. Now, if I were to, just a few days ago, I ordered, supposedly, the world's best snow shovel. I, like they, I went to wirecutter.com. They're supposed to go through all these reviews and do all these things that they say, this is hands down the best snow shovel you, you could buy. After the great big snowstorm, and I was out there with our one that my wife got for a dollar from a garage sale. Which, oh, from the Steinbox garage sale. And, I mean, it did its job. It shovels snow. But I was like, after that first time, I had to do the driveway like three times in one day. I'm like, I'm going for the ultimate snow shovel. So I bought the snow shovel, and as Pastor Ferguson that made fun of me, and all 
its attachments that go to my snow shovel because now I have like an ergonomic snow shovel with a handle and everything else. And so I got this snow shovel in the mail. I haven't even got it to be able to use it fully. It snowed a little bit and I went out and shoveled the driveway, but it wasn't even enough to get on top of the snow shovel. So I'm still waiting for the day that it dumps down so I can get out the ultimate snow shovel. Now, just say you guys, one of you guys maybe hanging out of our house and you decided to, you said, you know what, it's snowing outside. Pastor Burton, I heard about his awesome shovel. I'm going to go out and shovel his driveway. And so you voluntarily grab a shovel, which probably none of you would do, but don't worry about it. Just use it as an illustration. <laughs> that you voluntarily grab the shovel and you begin to shovel snow. And I open my door and I say, hey, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm shoveling your driveway, man. I, I thought you would want me to shovel it because we know you're kind of lazy. <laughs> I just thought, thought maybe it would, it would help you if I shovel the driveway. And I said, no, no, no. That's an awesome shovel. And from, that's an excellent shovel. Why are you shoveling the driveway with it? And I were to, in that minute, as dumb as it sounds now, I'd say, and that shovel is the best tool in my house to change the light bulbs. The one I can't reach. This is the best tool for that. And you would look at me and say, that is like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You paid $46 for a shovel that you don't shovel the driveway, but you change light bulbs with it. And you say, man, that, that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense as a dumb illustration. But in our lives, this is what virtue looks like. Virtue is excellence, and excellence means that I can use and am being used for my purpose. If I were to say I had a sword, and it had all kinds of engravings in it, and you looked at the sword, and we were back in the old days where they fought with swords, and it had all kinds of awesome engravings on it, and it had a, a great handle, and you pulled it out, and you're like, man, that's lightweight. And if we were new about sword fighting and all that, you'd swing it around and say, man, that... That works. That is what it is. Man, that's an awesome sword. And I were to run into battle with my awesome sword that looked really cool and make contact with the first enemy sword, and my sword fell apart. Like, it doesn't matter how good it looked. If it doesn't serve the purpose that you bought it for, whether it's a snow shovel or whether it's a sword, if it doesn't serve the purpose, it is not excellent no matter what you call it. No, no, I'm telling you, this is the best sword ever made. But I can't chop anybody's head off with it. <laughs> it is not serving its purpose for the battle. I mean, this, this is, Wirecutter.com said, this was the ultimate snow shovel. But you can't shovel your driveway with it? No, 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 but it's an excellent shovel. As we look at tonight, as we look at what God wants in our lives, God says the first thing. I want you to add to your faith virtue, excellence. We build on everything from here. Are you serving the purpose that God put you on earth to do? No, Pastor Robert, but you understand. I'm the best. Fill in the blank. I can fill in the blank. But if you're not achieving excellence, which is not some high caliber, I'm the best Christian that ever walked. It is simply, can you accomplish the purpose God's put you there to do? Are you a great looking sword? 
well, I look like a Christian. I'm, I'm pretty, I do everything I'm supposed to. I follow rules. But when it comes to the actual what God put you on earth to do, are you doing that? And the Bible says, Peter says here, as we look at it, add to your faith virtue. Look at this. On your handouts there, it says, we understand from this passage that the word, as it is used in the New Testament, which I'm going to ask you guys later on sometime this week to look at these things. We understand from this passage that the word, as it is used in the New Testament, keeps much of the same flavor as it had in the Greek culture. So, in the Greek culture, it was this. Green tells us that arte means excellence and was used to denote the proper fulfillment of anything. The excellence of a knife is to cut, of a horse to run. Something was excellent, virtuous, only if it fulfilled its purpose. So let's go down. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? So if I understand, I hope we all understand, virtue equals excellence, and excellence means I'm fulfilling my purpose. So what is my purpose? First Peter 2, 9-10. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. I have it bolded there because I want you to see it. That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people. But we are now the people of God which had obtained mercy, but now have which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Philippians two five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Matthew five sixteen, let your light so shine before men they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let's let's make sure let's read this and then I'm gonna go over this. We are to become like Christ. What is my purpose? We are to become like Christ in our character and then by our manner of life to show others what Christ is like so they will honor him too. We're to become like Christ in our character and then by our manner of life to show others what Christ is like so that they will honor him too. Jim Burke. Now, before we go any further, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to put your boots on because we're going to go a little deeper. And I'm hoping as the two years that I've been here, I'm taking it somewhere. Whether you know it or not, I'm taking it somewhere. I'm taking it to the point where we want to study the Bible more than on a base level. I don't want to come and open our Bibles and we're not in junior church anymore. So I want you to hold on to me. I mean, hold on with me for just a second, okay? As we look at the Word of God and what virtue is, virtue is what? Excellence. excellence. And excellence is what? Ability to do what you're meant to do. Yes, ability to do what you're meant to do. Accomplishing your purpose, all right? So, what is your purpose? We just read the, the Word of God. My purpose is to be like Christ in my character and then be like Christ so that other people will look at me and Christ will be honored and glorified. All right? That is my purpose as a Christian. That is my purpose as a human being. If you go back to Genesis chapter number 2, just as I said, this is not, we're going to go a little deeper here than what I normally would. But I want you to go with me here. In Genesis chapter 2, you read God... Say, let us make man in our image after our likeness. God makes man and a woman. He says it in Genesis chapter 2 and then again in Genesis chapter 3 for this purpose, that they would show his image. Now, let me ask you this. In your life, do you magnify God's image? What makes you different for an unsaved person as a teenager right now in your own life. What can you think of right now in your life other than 
I carry a Bible. I go to church. No, really. In your life, what magnifies your life that magnifies Christ that does not happen in an unbeliever? Because if not, if there's not, am I accomplishing the purpose that God made me to do? See, what? God in Genesis chapter 2 says, I want to make a man and a woman in our image, in our likeness. And so he does. He creates Adam and Eve. And they have perfect fellowship with God. God puts them over the dominion of the earth. Perfect fellowship. The Bible says that God walked and talked with Adam and Eve. Now, I don't know if it ever crosses your mind. But I don't. It would be the awesome thing to know that every day, I mean, if you're not living right, I guess it's not. But if you're living the way you're supposed to, to know that every day, like 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening, that God himself will come down to walk and talk with you. Now, that's an awesome, amazing thought. That Adam and Eve actually had a relationship with God to where God came down. And we even know when he sinned. He said, Adam, where are you? Like, they had a first name basis, so to speak. So you're, Adam knows this about maybe toward the evening, and he's like, him and Eve get together. Oh, man, it's about time for God to get here. And they walk and talk with God. Man, God, you know what? I don't, this tree over here, I've been looking at that, and man, that's awesome. I don't, but I don't understand this and just talk to God about it. Man, that, God, I saw this animal the other day, and it was like the weirdest thing. And just talking to God. This is what God desired. This is what God created man for. But then sin happened. So then Adam and Eve sinned against God. No longer fellowship. God no longer comes down. To talk. They don't have that fellowship. Can you imagine after you've done that for years of your life? Adam would probably see the sun begin to set and to think, man, if I hadn't sinned, this would be about the time that God used to come and walk walk and talk with us. Man, this is the time. Eve, don't you miss it when God used to come and I mean we can still pray to him and I, we still do our sacrifices but it's just not the same as when God came down and talked with us but then God in his mercy as we read in, just read in that passage in First Peter John when we obtained a mercy God said you know what I still desire that to be a possibility so he sent Jesus Christ why to die for our sins we say it all the time well why does God even care about our sins God could have wiped the whole earth clean and start all over again but he desires that man be in his image and after his likeness. He desires that me and you be like Christ. Fellowship. And so he sends Jesus Christ to die, not just for our sins, but for, because he loves us and desires to fellowship with us for our purpose. And you know what in our lives? We have the awesome opportunity because of God's mercy to fellowship with God. Right now, any of you can talk to God the same way that I talk to him. I can talk to him the same way you guys talk. I can talk to him the same way Pastor Ferguson talked. I have the ability to have fellowship with God, not in the same way. Because of sin. But one day when I get to glory, it'll be the same as Adam and Eve. But right now I have, God has established because of his mercy, as we just read in Peter, 2 Peter 2, 9, I believe it was, that we have obtained mercy, that God says, I want to fellowship with you. I, I want to talk with you. 
And God has put me on the earth that as I fellowship with him, I read his word, I pray. I begin to become like him. People say it all the time. You become like those you hang around. So if you hang around bad people, you know it. You hear it all the time, probably even think you hear it too much. That if you hang around bad people, you're going to start acting bad. If you hang around good people, you're acting good. It's a biblical principle. He that walks with wise men shall be wise. A commanding of fools shall be destroyed in Proverbs. But when you walk with Christ, all right, you walk with Christ, you begin to become, to look more like Christ. That is your purpose. So, from our standpoint in our culture, that is not the way Christianity looks. See, my goal in culture is, and our, even our Christian culture, is to check boxes off. Well, my purpose is to read my Bible. My purpose is to pray. And all these other good things. So my purpose is to dress right. My purpose is not to say bad words. My purpose is not to watch bad things on television. None of those are our purpose. They are all good things, but my purpose is to look like Jesus Christ and to magnify him so when others see my life, they see Jesus Christ magnified. This is what Christianity looks like. This is why Peter says, add to your faith virtue. Accomplish the purpose that God has put in your life. What stops me? Why am I not fulfilling that purpose? Let's go there, because this is what I want you to see. It. This is why I'm not fulfilling that purpose. What hinders me from accomplishing my purpose? Number one, the devil. The devil stop me, stops me from accomplishing my purpose. Now, listen, to this. nothing I'm saying here today is going to be brand new. But I want you to follow with me because this is key on why I do not accomplish the purpose that God put me on. Why I do not have virtue in my life. The devil. Let me read the verse and I'll give you your blank. John 8, 44. Ye are of your father the devil. Now, I'm not talking to you guys, hopefully. Ye are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. Now this is Jesus Christ's own words. I haven't given you the blank yet. The very top one. We are to become like Christ in our character. And then by our manner of life to show others of Christ what Christ is like so they will honor him too. The devil, this is Jesus Christ talking about the devil. He says, there is no truth in him. So, let's go ahead. I said we're, I just said we're not in Sunday school, but I'm going to give you the, I'm going to throw you a softball. If the devil tells me something, I can guarantee it's a what? Lie. It's a lie. Because Jesus Christ said, there is no truth in him. All right? So, why do I hinder my purpose? Number one, the devil, he deceives to destruction. He deceives, and his goal is to my destruction. Why don't I have virtue in my life? See, why don't I have excellence? Why am I not accomplishing the purpose to look like Christ that God has me? Why? Because the devil desires to deceive me. Everything he tells me is not true. I can mark it down. I know it. I know it up here. But see, he finds so many smooth ways to make it look like it is. Watch this with me. Because this is going to be different from the world. We usually throw this in the world. 
as we talked about in Aquinas Secrets, the devil is no one's fool in trying to get you in your life. He knows exactly where to do it. And we always go through the, the basics. He's going to go through your music. He's going to go through your television. He's going to go through this. And all those are true. But guess what? We all know that nothing he says is the truth, but he deceives us over and over and over again. Just like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Hey, has God said that you should not eat of every tree in the garden? Well, well, yeah, God said, no, God said we should eat of all the trees in the garden. Just, just not the tree of knowledge of good and evil because we can't eat that or, or we can't even touch it. Well, the only reason you can't touch it, really, is because God knows that if you eat it, you'll be like God's. You'll be just like him. What? God's holding out. The Bible says when she saw the fruit was good to eat. It does feel like every other fruit around here. I don't understand what's the difference. She saw that it was able to make her wise. Well, if he's right, then he just doesn't. God doesn't want me to be like God and know good and evil. I mean, God's holding out on us. She took the fruit. And she ate of it and gave to her husband. We back up. I bet Adam and Eve both could have told you. Because I'm sure they walked and talked with God. Hey, anything that I haven't told you guys, all you have to do is have everything. Just don't touch that tree. You walked and talked with them. But the devil's so slick that he just came in and just moved right in. Adam and Eve are both. Adam, Adam. Adam, where art thou? A little while later, we're, we're over here in the bushes. We're hiding because we're naked. Who told you you were naked? Well, we, we ate of the fruit. And see, so the devil's doing it in our own lives all the time. He deceives us. He deceives me. And the devil desires that you will not accomplish the purpose that God put you on the earth for. So why can't I do it? Number one, because the devil, he deceives me to destruction. Everything he says is a lie. Number two, the world, the world distracts me to destruction. The world distracts. First John 2, 15 through 17 says, love not the world, neither the things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. See, John is saying this. Don't love the world. Now, this, once again, I, we talk about this all the time. This, the word, the world. What is the world? Don't love the world. John's talking about around us, not necessarily our culture, but all things that happen. You know what the world can be considered? The world can be considered the internet. The world can be considered video games. The world can be considered a lot of things that Aaron Burden likes. A lot of things that we like. But he says, love not the world, neither things that are in the world. Because if any man love, if he has these desires in the, of the world, these things that distract, the love of the Father is not in him. See, the devil desires to deceive you. The world desires to distract you. See, if the devil, right now it's basketball season. 
I know you're getting ready to go in the, the first school, and I know that we're about to come to the Super Bowl. Now, watch this. If the, the world can get you distracted, they don't have to get you to sin. If the devil can use the world to distract you, he doesn't have to. If he can get you to, and me, so not just you, if he can get me to be distracted by something as simple as and silly as playing Angry Birds, he doesn't have to get me to sin. Because he can distract me from everything that would cause me to establish my purpose. Now, am I saying that's wrong? No. I'm just saying I have to watch it. And I cannot love the world. See, just something as simple as a social network. Hey, I'm not doing anything wrong, Pastor. I'll throw you my iPod. I'll throw you my, you can have my password. I'm not doing anything wrong. But if the devil can distract you, I mean, if the world can distract you, it keeps you from establishing your purpose. You can't have virtue. It happens the same thing with the video games. I can have a PlayStation and I say, I can show you. I'll open the cabinet. Pastor Virgil said, come and look. There's not one game in there that would violate the Lord. But if he can get it to distract me from God's purpose on earth, I've lost the battle. See, what stops me from being the purpose that God put me on earth? God put me on the earth so that I can become more like him. And so that when others see me, I magnify Jesus Christ. But I can't if I'm deceived by the devil. I can't even if I'm continually. And the same thing for me. If I walk in sin and I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I keep doing it. The devil has deceived me. If I keep doing that, you know what? The devil has deceived me. He can deceive me to destruction. But also the world the world can distract me. And it's so easy because we're all distracted. We live in a distracted generation. And these things will stop me from establishing my purpose. And lastly, what stops me is the flesh. My flesh. Ephesians 2, 2, 3, 3 says this. Where in time past ye walked according to this, of this world, according to the prince and power of the earth. So I walked according to Satan. The spirit now that worketh in children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So the devil deceives to destruction. The world distracts to destruction. And thirdly, the flesh delights to destruction. It delights to destruction. See, because my flesh, Aaron Burden's flesh, once again, there's another whole term, the world. The flesh. The flesh is just simply my desires. Though sometimes my desires are wrong, okay? But not always. See, a desire to look at pornography on the internet is wrong. A desire to eat is not wrong. But can I take it there? Yeah, I can. See, my flesh will delight myself to destruction because I'm always trying to please myself. I'm delighting in my own self. I'm trying to please myself. Well, see, Pastor Burton, you can't tell me this is wrong because I like it. Well, you got to watch out because, see, your flesh, your desires will keep you from fulfilling your purpose that God has put you on the earth. People always say, once again, we go back to lots of cliche things. Well, I listen to this music because I like it. Well, guess what? Your flesh will delight you to destruction. You can like it all the way down to the depths of destruction. Your flesh likes a lot of things that aren't right. My flesh likes a lot of things that aren't right. 
And if I am not careful, I will let my flesh delight me all the way to destruction. See, there's three things that the Word of God talks about that tells me that keep me from establishing my purpose in life. What is your purpose? Are you establishing your purpose? Because the devil is going to deceive me. Nothing he says is the truth. Nothing. He lies and we even know it and he can look us right in the face and lie to us and we still believe it. The world distracts me. Man. Whoa. I'm not sinning. No, really. I'm I'm not doing anything wrong. But it's distracting me from everything that's accomplishing the purpose of my life. And the last thing, my flesh will delight me. (laughs) This is so fun. I enjoy this. This is great. But it's going to take me to destruction. These all stop me from adding to my faith virtue. From being excellent. Accomplishing the purpose that God has put me on the earth to do. So, as we look at it, let's finish it up with this. How do I accomplish my purpose? How do I accomplish my purpose? Virtue requires a Christian to live with a dedication and commitment to a life conformed to the image of of Christ. Virtue requires a Christian to live with a dedication and commitment to a life conformed to the image of Christ. How does this look? And we're done. Follow me. Stay with me just a couple more minutes. God has put me on the earth to become more like Christ. As I walk and I talk with him, I become more like Jesus Christ. You know what? I'm not trying to be holier than thou. I'm not trying to walk around with my spiritual nose up. It's just I am learning to love Jesus Christ. And he's working in my life. And I start to look like him. And then others see me and he is glorified. Then they see my good works and glorified of my father, which is in heaven. So all of a sudden now my life starts to look like Christ. And people are looking at it and they are magnified and they're drawn to Christ. But then there's certain things in my life that stop that from happening. The devil deceives me. This is good. But in my heart, I know anything the devil tells me is a lie. But he still deceives me. I know that that is not right. But I still can work up in my mind a reason why I can be involved in it or I can do it. Because I'm deceived. But the world will distract me. You know what? I want to live for you, God. I want to be like Christ. I really don't want to. I don't want to be a part of these vile sins. I want to try to make sure I'm doing right. You know what? In my life, there's nothing that can stick to me that I'm doing wrong, but I would rather, and this is Aaron Burton, I'd rather play a game. I'd rather read something. I'd rather do something than walk and commune with you, God. I'd rather goof off than I would pray. And all of a sudden, I'm distracted from the purpose that God put me on my life. Or then I delight. Hey, I like this. I want to do this. My flesh enjoys this. And I let that happen. I let it keep happening. I let it keep happening. And all of a sudden, I'm moving toward destruction. I'm not accomplishing the purpose that God put me on earth to accomplish. But then how do I fix it? How do I fix it? I set my affection on things above as Colossians 3 says. God, God, I really desire, and Burton really desires to serve you. And you know what? The devil comes and he tries to deceive me. And you know what? Every now and then I fall. I do. Man, messed up. Man. But you know what I do? I get back up. Because you know what? I am determined that I want to be like Christ. Hey, hey, you just think you're better than everybody else. You do wrong just like I, you know, you're right. I do. 
I do. But I so want to walk with Christ and I so want to know Christ. The world distracts me and every now and then I will get pulled in. Oh yeah, I didn't have time to read my Bible, but I did something the other thing. You know what? Tomorrow I can't let that happen. I can't let that happen again. I can't get distracted from the purpose God put me in my life. Man, my flesh desires it. Yes, I know I want this. and I know it's wrong, but I want it so bad. I, I like it. It pleases me. But you know what? I want to serve Christ, so I'm going to put those aside. It requires not one time at an altar during a youth conference, not one time during camp. It requires an every single day desire to say, you know what? I am going to live for Christ today. Yeah, I messed up yesterday, but I'm going to live for Christ today. Because I'm going to add to my faith virtue. Once again, you have every single thing you need to be the Christian God wants you to be. You do. If you have a Bible, you have everything you need. But what happens is, I don't add. I don't do the work. But I've got to. I've got to add to my faith virtue. Excellence. God, I understand what my purpose on earth is. Can I tell you there's people right now on the verge of committing suicide. There's people that drink themselves to sleep every night. There's people who do all kinds of crazy and moral things because they have no purpose in life. When you know you have what purpose you have, you were made in the image of God. Genesis chapter two, verse and Genesis chapter two, chapter three, to be in His image. And God gave you mercy so that you can know Him as your personal Savior, so you can accomplish the pers- purpose He put on you on earth to do. And you have that. And he says, add to your faith virtue. You know what the purpose is. Fight. Fight for it. Commit to it. And make it happen. That you add to your faith virtue. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. And God, I know in my own life, Lord, I so badly need to add to my faith virtue, Lord, on an everyday level. And I pray the same thing for our young people, Lord. Would you help us? God, the devil so bad wants to deceive us, Lord. Some of us are deceived. Lord, in my own life, I'm deceived in certain areas. And, Lord, I need your word to shine a light there so, Lord, I can see. And, Lord, we're distracted by so many things in this world, everything that glitters and, Lord, shimmers. Lord, we chase after. And, God, I pray that we would not be distracted. Lord, we would not be delighted in things that don't please you in our own flesh. Lord, I need your help there also. As Just as everyone in this room, Lord, we desire what I believe most of us have a desire to love you. Lord, and even tonight to add to our faith virtue. But, Lord, it's hard and we need your help. We need you to lead us. And, Lord, I'm praying and asking that you would do it in my life. I'm praying that you'd ask it and do it in the life of everyone. These ages, Lord, even if they don't want it, Lord, I pray that the word, your word would shine in their hearts and your Holy Spirit would do a work. And Lord, that you'd bring us where we need to be because, Lord, I really desire in this youth group and, Lord, in my own life to see what Christianity really looks like. And, Lord, I know it's a battle where I know I fail, Lord, miserably at times. But Lord, we need your help. So Lord, would you help us, Lord, even right now? Well, thank you for all that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I think my wife, want, uh, ladies, you'll go. Guys, we can all just hit the same room tonight. We'll pray real quick, and then we'll be dismissed. I do want to spend a minute in prayer. But um, also this, on the back of your handout, there is a challenge that I would like for you to take. Jim Berg in his book wrote down his prayer for every day. I'm not saying his prayer. He puts a prayer that he prays every morning as he goes to bed. I am not saying you have to do that. It's not like some Catholic thing. Pray this prayer every morning and you will have such a glorious, victorious Christian life. I'm not saying that. But I am saying if you pray it, and I plan on doing it myself, 
it's going to keep us in the mode of adding to our faith virtue this week. So I'm going to ask you to do it till next Wednesday. If you don't do it, it's okay. It's not between. It's not like I'm going to pray God's judgment down on you because you didn't. But I want you to take the challenge because I want us to be in the constant mindset of adding to our faith virtue this week. All right? Let's sit our rooms.